Welcome to Be Your Own Healer. <clears throat> I'm Jeanette Murray, and I'm so happy you're listening. An interesting thing happened today when my guides said they had a new message, and they specifically wants, wanted me to attach dates to their messages. So this is actually the third guides talk, and the date is October 5th, 2023. If you've heard the previous two podcasts with my guides, You know that there are beings on the other side who identify themselves as helpers assigned to us here on earth, particularly those of us who are seeking guidance. Does everyone have guides? I'm not sure, but I'm pretty certain they do. They just may not know it. If you want to communicate with your guides, you can do that. Just talk to them. Ask for help or inspiration and and see what happens. One other interesting thing about guides that I learned is that they've been in human form and they chose to become guides being fully aware of the human experience and how tough it can be. They're very compassionate and understanding of what it's like here. And while they can't interfere or take over for us, they're ready to assist but only when we ask them. I personally couldn't manage without my guides. Nothing is too big or too small for them to help with. Just the other day, they helped me fill a flashlight with batteries when the batteries I was using weren't working. They told me to get four fresh batteries, and voila, it worked. You can also ask for bigger help. Things like spiritual guidance, creative inspiration, help with your attitude, help with being less judgmental, or with feeling more gratitude, compassion, and love. Why are the guides so willing to do this? It's because it's, it's time for a world awakening and for people to become more in tune with their spiritual self and their connection to the divine. Okay, so that's enough of my preamble. It's time to hear from my guides. And while you're listening, remind yourself, I have my own guides. I can listen and and hear them too. The topic today is very important as it's about being loving toward yourself. While it sounds like a trite statement, it's actually the most important thing you will ever do. Why? By being loving to yourself, you're acknowledging the uniqueness and wonderfulness of your being, your divine self, your exquisite beings created by an endlessly creative force whose main purpose in creating you is to expand its realm of consciousness and awareness and to share in its everlasting bliss consciousness. The concept of the creative force, or God, if you so wish to call it, is misunderstood by most human beings. And we will use the term God for ease of communication, because to really capture the essence of what this is would take more words than you could imagine. The idea of God for most human beings has been reduced to a human-designed entity, a father who resides somewhere apart from us in a kingdom called heaven or Shambhala or some distant realm, 
governing its creation and its inhabitants. That is not what God is. First, God is not a man or a woman or a being. God is ever-existing, ever-conscious, ever-creative, ever-loving energy or force that creates purely from the bliss of creating more of what it is. All the notions of God as defined and described by religions, religious texts, and religious teachers have reduced God to a human-like creature that is capable of human emotions such as jealousy and anger, human reactions such as retaliation, smiting and punishing, or loving and giving mercy, and human demands such as obedience, submission, praise, and worship. God is none of these things and has none of these emotions, these reactions, or demands. Perhaps the easiest and best way to think of God is to think of a light of infinitesimal size that keeps beaming its rays in ever new and different patterns. And these patterns and rays and colors keep changing and all are beautiful and perfect to behold. Being loving toward yourself means to acknowledge and know that you are part of God, part of a divine force and power that is almost incomprehensible to the human mind, unless and until it reaches a point of development or soul evolution wherein it experiences the essence of God. So let's keep it simple and talk about what it means to love yourself where you are right now at this moment of your soul's evolution. You are a creation of the divine force. You are part of this creative force. Yourself is your physical body and also your soul, which is a particle of the divine creative energy that animates you, as well as all creation. The Master Jesus said, The kingdom of God is within you. The Christian Bible says, You are God's. You are all children of the Most High. The Hindu faith and many other religions hold that the Spirit of God is within you and in everything. The Master Yogananda said, Remember the vastness of the Spirit that dwells within you. These religions and spiritual masters are trying to convey to you that you are more than a mere flesh and blood body that inhabits the earth. They want you to understand that the God force is within you. And they describe God not only as father, mother, or being, but as all of these things and more. A power that is indescribable, infinite, wave after wave of bliss, creative energy, ever conscious, ever new, existing in and through all creation. 
In every religious text, this truth is expressed, although it is not understood, even by the scholars who claim to have the knowledge and understanding of the spiritual writings. It's difficult for the human mind to grasp the magnitude of this concept that God is within you and you are part of God. Most are only comfortable with the identification of being a child of God. But just as a child is the creation of its parents with characteristics of its parents, you are a creation of God with characteristics of God. In essence, you are the children or offspring of the divine creative force. When we say love yourself, we mean that you acknowledge yourself as more than just your human body and your human consciousness. The human mind with all of its thoughts, ideas, emotions, and beliefs are mere acquisitions or attributes gathered in the course of being a human being. For most people, just having an awareness of consciousness is the pinnacle of achievement. The ascended masters, those you refer to as avatars or ascended souls, are humans who have reached a level of consciousness in which they are ever conscious and aware of their God self. These masters or avatars are loving towards, toward themselves, not in a prideful way or an arrogant way, but because they understand and know who they are. This is something you're capable of and should aspire to, but do not be discouraged or feel defeated if you're not close to their level of attainment. You're on your way. And where you are on that way is exactly where you need to be. But you can always aspire to be higher. Ascended masters and avatars are God-realized souls who can fully identify with and experience the power of the divine creative force. This is why masters such as Jesus, Babaji, Krishna, Patanjali, Buddha, Yogananda, and many more were able to accomplish what humans refer to as miracles, levitation, bivocation, raising beings from the dead, instantaneous healings, and so on. What they were and are capable of doing is to use and direct divine creative energy because they have attained oneness with the divine. Being loving toward yourself is to acknowledge yourself first as a soul, which is a particle of God, and then to fully and completely understand what that means. You are not flawed. You are not damaged. You are not limited. You are not lost. And you're not unlovable. The Master Jesus told his followers, it's not enough just to love yourself. You must love your neighbor as yourself. 
This is a misunderstood concept. But what if my neighbor is not lovable? And who exactly is my neighbor? Your neighbor is every living human being on the planet. Your neighbor is the same substance, the same divine energy as yourself, the same particle with the same divine spark of creative force within as are you. If you love your neighbor as yourself, you're loving the divine force within all creation. The body is the temporary part of you that dies, whereas the soul lives on and is eternal. What else could be eternal except for God or the divine creative force in all that exists? For those who may not acknowledge having a soul, who believe once the body dies, that's the end of everything, this belief is a human choice to deny the soul the eternal part of who you are, is simply to throw out the main point of understanding the essence of your being. When one clings to such an idea, it is usually out of intellectual reasoning, which is limited, and choosing to deny or be blind to the reality of one's true being. All we can say to the non-believer is that you're going to get a big surprise at the time the body dies. Some people have had what is referred to as a near-death experience. Those who've essentially died and left their bodies, but they're, by, but they're not completely severed from the body, and they keep just enough life force in them to return, if this is what their soul intends to do or is guided to do. When a soul leaves the body in a near-death experience, the first notable experience is that of complete freedom, expansion, lightness of being, wonder, total peace, and no longer any concern for the human form or the life left behind. Those who've had such experiences do not deny that they have a soul and many are changed for the better and return to feel and display more understanding, more compassion, and more love for others. Most no longer have a fear of death. The reason is that they know death is not an end to life, but just a freeing of the soul to move on to a new expression of life. Now, there are some people who, after they leave their body, find themselves in a dark or negative place. We will not go into all the ways a person can find themselves in such a place. Suffice to say that some human beings living on lower negative planes, perhaps due to addiction or possession by dark entities or unresolved trauma, take with them the consciousness they have at the moment they leave their body. In such dark human experiences, it's possible to encounter negative entities, what they may describe as devils or demons. Hence, their experience is not a pleasant one. These souls may return to their bodies in much the same condition as they left or completely sever connection with the body 
if the body is unable to sustain life. They're not lost souls. They merely have more to learn about lifting themselves out of negative realms. Being loving toward yourself is sometimes a difficult concept for some who may not have experienced the, the love of a parent or a caretaker or who may have suffered abuse and neglect. These people need help in the form of loving assistance, counseling, and training in how to develop self-love. Those who've been physically or emotionally abused, used, or taken advantage of in life find themselves in a state of feeling unworthy or unlovable or not good enough, maybe even repulsive to others. Unless guided and helped, they continue to perpetuate their own abuse through their own thinking, continually reinforcing beliefs that were never true about them in the first place. The reason this occurs is because the human brain attempts to understand and interpret the abuse experience, but it's limited by the child's or the person's lack of understanding. It tries to explain or make sense of why the abuse occurred, which usually results in a negative self-evaluation. It goes something like this. A child should be loved. Therefore, I must have been bad or unlovable to deserve such abuse. I must be damaged to have suffered abuse, and I must have deserved it. I must be unlovable and unworthy, and people must want to abuse me because of that. I must be repugnant to others because of that. I will be abused by others. A person who believes deep down in their mind and heart that they're undeserving of love will be a person who creates such a reality around this concept. They'll pick friends who are not loving or rejecting or abusive. They'll find themselves on the receiving end of all types of abuse, whether in their jobs or in their private or social lives. Their choices of friends and social circles will serve to reinforce the belief that they're unlovable and not deserving of fairness, positive regard, or love. The good news is change is the greatest attribute of the human brain and mind. You call it neuroplasticity, which means that the brain and its thought processes and its own structure are flexible and changeable, and can be radically changed simply through thought, which turns into belief, which actually change, changes the neurological structure of the brain, the brain's neurons or nerve cells. It is important to get help in understanding this and changing oneself so that the cycle of self-abuse does not continue. Many human beings don't understand why it's important to love themselves. They may like themselves, particularly their human bodies, their appearance, their intellect, or other attributes. But when it comes down to truly and unconditionally loving themselves, they don't. 
They're self-critical and demanding of themselves. Some may believe that loving oneself is egotistical, but true self-love is not egotism. Loving oneself does not mean to go around praising oneself or strutting like the rooster in the barnyard. It means to acknowledge one's godliness. Some people operate purely from the ego, so we wish to explain what we mean by ego. The ego is the sense of self, the human self, not the God self. The ego is the I, such as when someone says, I am such and such. This is why we caution you to be careful with your I am statements. They can be detrimental because they can and do create mindsets and limiting beliefs. You have a term called the narcissistic personality, which many interpret to mean that a person loves themselves above all others and puts their needs ahead of others because of an exaggerated love of self. But this is not exactly what underlies the narcissistic personality. This personality is at constant war with itself, not being in love with this true self, not even knowing the true self. The person puts on a facade that looks like self-love, but it derives from an innermost self-hatred, shame, and self-negation. Their self-hatred and feeling of unworthiness are so dissonant that they lead to boasting, self-aggrandizement, seeking attention, identifying with powerful people, seeking love and adulation, and building up the ego through fame or notoriety or by amassing power and wealth. Again, these people need help and counseling in order to repair the damage done to their self-concept and to learn how to truly love themselves. Do you understand how the mind tries to make sense of the experience, but falls short of helping the person recover and rediscover themselves as worthy and lovable human beings? The greatest challenge for a person with a mindset of unlovability is the cognitive dissonance or mental confusion it creates. That person must choose what is believable for them, and unfortunately, they tend to choose that they're not lovable. The term resilience refers not only to bouncing back and gaining strength from tragedies, hardships, abuse, or illnesses, it also means being able to open up to the idea of the soul's perfection, its worthiness, its loveliness. Resilience is an attribute of self-love. On the other hand, self-negation, perfectionism, and self-abuse are direct results of a lack of self-love. To love oneself means to honor, respect, and have utter compassion for oneself, 
no matter what life experiences have occurred to make them feel unloved or unlovable. The ascended masters, those who have achieved divine consciousness, have no animosity or hatred toward anyone. They see the divine spark in every soul, no matter where it is, and no matter how dark its experience may be. There's not a single soul on earth that is undeserving of love. Many people do not know how to love themselves or even think it's possible or necessary to do so. <clears throat> For this reason, they are, they are unable to love others truly and unconditionally or be loving towards themselves. We offer that the self is the soul. It is the divine force within. It is the spark of creative life energy that creates and flows through everything. When one can fully appreciate this and understand it, it follows that one can truly love oneself, which is the same as being true to oneself, one's true divine self. The message we want to leave you with is this. If you are in need of help to find yourself and continue progressing on your path and to learn how to love yourself, seek that help and guidance. If you found the teaching or belief system, the guru or path that feels right and best for you, adhere to it. If you're simply unsure and don't know where to turn, ask your guides to help you, and they will. Above all else, your goal is to love yourself as a divine being. Love yourself as a child of the great, ever-existing, ever-conscious, ever-new bliss of the creative source, God. Love yourself with all your heart and soul and mind as you love the creator, source, God, with all your heart and mind and soul, just as that source loves you. And difficult as it may be, do your best to love others in the same manner and for the same reasons. We love you, and we're grateful you've spent this time listening. We will return with other messages, but for now, we wish this for you. Go in peace, go in joy, and be loving to yourself. Okay, that concludes this talk from my guides. I thank them for being so generous and offering such help and guidance. And good for you for making it to the end. Before I go, let me remind you that these podcasts are available on podbean.com and on my website, www.healwithjeanette.com. And that's Jeanette spelled with two N's. Thanks so much for being here and for being you. And may you treat yourself with all the love and honor and respect you deserve. Take care, namaste, and goodbye.